I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Sun Football Podcast sponsored by William Hill. I'm David Friel. I'm joined here by my colleagues Colin Duncan and Kenny McDonald. Gentlemen, how are you? Very well. Enjoying the summer weather. Exactly, Kenny. Exactly. If we can start, guys, with Sunday's events and for Hill. Especially Rangers 2, Partick Thistle 1, two late goals for Barry McKay and Joe Garner giving Rangers the win. Colin, you were at the game, was it deserved? Well, it was, I mean, it was hard on Partick Thistle. I was actually at the game in November when it was exactly the same thing happened. Chris Dillon gave Partick Thistle the lead. Totally in control, Rangers scored twice at the death. Exact same thing happened yesterday. I mean, Rangers probably their worst performance under Pedro Cucina. Absolutely diabolical, especially in the first half. Couldn't string two passes together. The only surprise was that he didn't ring the changes at half-time. I think that's one of the first times he hasn't made early changes. He gave it another ten minutes and then gave Martin Waghorn the hook. Went three in the bag, but it didn't really seem to make much difference. You know, Partick pretty comfortable. Looks as if they were going to see the game out. And then from a keeper's long punt up the park with Vez Fodderingham, Barry McKay wins the ball and prods at home and the whole complexion of the, the game changes. Suddenly Thistle get nervous. Rangers pile bodies forwards. Kenny Miller carves out a chance, and Joe Garner of all people pops up at the much maligned Joe Garner pops up at the back post with a great header, and Rangers steal the points. Joe Garner, Kenny, he's getting mocked by the Thistle fans during the game. I'm sure he was getting a lot of stick from the Rangers fans for really doing too much. He pops up with a goal. Does he still have a future at Rangers? Can he be a, a striker that you could build a, a challenge on? I think the one thing that for all his many, many limitations we've seen about Joe Garner is that he's thick-skinned because that's two games in a row that the opposing fans have been singing the Joe Garner song and not in a good way. He's become a kind of figure of fun amongst opposing fans but he certainly had the last laugh yesterday. I like Alan Archibald and I think he talks a lot of sense and I think he hit the nail squarely on the head when he said that Thistle mentally were weak. And this is a, a facet of them that although they've done terrifically well this season to get to the top six, when they get a test late in games, they tend to crumble. It happened uh, with Joe Dudu's late goals in November, as Colin said, and happened again yesterday. You know, they looked. I only saw the first half on television yesterday, but they looked well in control, good to, to get the three points for the first time in 24 years. But again, fell at the, in the last few seconds. But in answer to your question, you know, Joe Garner, popular figure with Rangers fans, I don't think he has the quality going forward for Rangers to depend on him. We're at a stage of the season called Pedro Cachinha. It's basically admitting that he's, he's pretty much settled on who he wants to keep, who he doesn't want to keep. Do you see wholesale changes? I mean, how many survivors from the 13, 14 players that played yesterday do you see being there next season? I don't think there'll be too many. You know, Barry Mackay is the, kind of the main talking point. He's going to have talks with him this week to decide his, his future and, and evidence of what the last three or four weeks. And I know he came on and scored yesterday, but it, it looks from the outside looking in, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Barry Mackay is told to go and find himself a, a new club this summer. You know, you, you look at he's been on the bench last three games. 
even yesterday, was the final substitute of three. And actually, the only reason he got on, he initially had, he was going to put Andy Halliday on, and then when Danny Wilson got injured, he'd rejigged. So there's, there's, had, had Danny Wilson not come off injured, then the outcome of the game could have probably changed. You know, he, he, he actually got a bit of luck, you know, because Andy Halliday was stripped twice to come on, and then as a, as a last throw of the dice, he puts on Barry Mackay. It, for whatever reason, he just doesn't seem to fancy Barry Mackay. You know, no, it, cer- it certainly has looked the case so far, hasn't it? Because in his first game, Barry Mackay taken off, left out against Aberdeen, obviously a different different formation, lasted till half time in the next game against Partick Thistle. You know, he's obviously not, whatever he's doing, he's not convincing Kashinia that he's got uh, enough for what he wants to bring to the team. Is that harsh on Barry Mackay, sorry, Colin? Because people, I mean, he was in the Scotland squad not so long ago, people were hailing him as, as a kind of an ex Rangers superstar. Was he just, is he just not that good, or is he need, does he need a coach to bring more out of him? I think he's certainly not been as good as he was last season albeit that was in the championship he stepped up a level but I, th- I think it's hard to judge because it's hard to judge a lot of the Rangers players because there's, there's so many of them are so poor and are not up to this playing in the top flight that, that the decent players get dragged down by the rest of them so I mean he's, you're getting little you know even this, you, talk, you talk, touched on Joe Garnarella he's getting so little service you know the guys up front for Rangers this season Mackay as well has found himself isolated for long spells of matches but I think Kachinia's looking for, when, when that happens, the work rate, the desire to track back, to put in the hard yards, and, and he doesn't seem to, to, to see that in, in Barry Mackay. I think that was the thing about Barry Mackay last season, that, to be honest, they get away with it in the Championship because he could just concentrate on attacking. This season he's been asked to do more than just attack. He's had to cover... We know that James Tavernier has big, big limitations defensively. And that isn't a strength that Barry Mackay has. But you think back to you know the great goal he scored against Celtic in the cup semi final, was it? Mm-hmm. You know he's clearly a, a very good player. But whether that's going to be enough for this manager is debatable. The, the, the other thing which might count against him is I think Barry Mackay is a good player and he'd be a much better player in a better team with, with better players around him. But the fact that he's got a transfer value, there's very few players in that current Rangers squad that you could actually sell and get a bit of money in. If Kachinia doesn't fancy him, he's looking to get funds in to, to, to rebuild next season. Well, Mackay is a guy that you will get a sizable transfer fee for, and I think that's why it would be no surprise if 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 he's allowed to go in the summer. And I'm sure I'm sure there will be suitors out there who will take a chance on him. The Rangers have also secured European football. It still has a huge rebuilding job, though. I mean, the, the qualifiers start on June the 29th, so you can understand why Pedro Kachinia is trying to make these decisions just now, but. How easy is it to move players out that you don't want when they're in big contracts? Well, not only big contracts, but lengthy contracts. There's Rangers players under contract to 2019 and 2020. I mean, there's no percentage for them to say, yeah, OK, you don't want me, I'll just move on to suit you. I mean, Rangers were happy enough, Mark Warburton and his staff were happy enough to bring these guys in and give them lengthy contracts. It's up to the players. If they want to sit tight, then there's very little Rangers can do about it. The, I mean, the, the only place they're going to get the same money or similar money to their own at the moment is the Championship down in England, but the, the vast are majority are not good enough to go and play down there. So so they're going to drop down to, to, to League 1 and League 2 and take a wage cut? I would, I would doubt that very much. Rangers, obviously, I mean, they remain nine points behind Aberdeen after Aberdeen beat Hearts. It effectively clinched second. I mean, Derek McInnes after it was still saying, "Listen, we can't celebrate yet." 
but they're nine points ahead of Rangers with three games to go they've got a goal difference of 23 better a huge achievement for Aberdeen to finish second yes yes terrific achievement Aberdeen will look back in this season and they will possibly it will be tinged with some disappointment because on big occasions they haven't really responded but the consistency Derek McInnes and Tony Doherty have shown has been terrific uh, he has a good group of players which will be broken up to some extent during the summer but yeah I mean I think they have to they have to be congratulated because to finish second best of the rest is without doubt a terrific achievement Derek after it was, was quite pointed and in saying that they noted that they were written off before the start of the season now I think all, all three of us sitting around here tipped Rangers to finish above them mm-hmm. in the league Derek was pointing out that there's a lot of Rangers players coming out and saying that they'll be challenging Celtic the Aberdeen have been the ones that have got closest to Celtic albeit it's a huge gap is he right to sort of savour that? Absolutely yeah yeah. He's, he's fully entitled as you say you know the vast majority of people I think suspected Rangers would finish above Aberdeen but you know he's quite right to have his day in the sun whether or not he'll be able to do it next season Rangers you would think will be a stronger team next season Celtic look miles ahead of either of them so you know that'll be the next test for him but you know while he's going to lose players in the summer he'll have his own ideas at the moment we'll be bringing new guys in it was a huge day for Aberdeen I mean you could you could just tell the relief at the end as well and it was a, it was a big win especially going one each but Ryan Jack missed the game he's got a groin tear he's a doubt for the, the Scottish Cup final Ryan Christie's already, already unavailable for the Scottish Cup final against his parent club short options Derek McInnes I mean Peter Paul went off injured again yesterday as well I mean the team he finished with 11 players it's pretty much 11 senior players he's got mm-hmm. is that going to be an issue I mean and, and, he, just... and, and he has been very reluctant this season if there is a flaw in Derek McInnes's managerial makeup, he doesn't give young players much of a chance mm-hmm. now he doesn't like that getting brought up but the, the stats are true because as you say the team that plays most weeks is you could pick it mm-hmm. and he very rarely brings in new, new young players and when young players do come in, they don't tend to be in for very long. So now that would be because he believes that experience is the way to go forward. Maybe he believes that the system of bringing young players isn't being fruitful enough. But uh, that's a flaw that he will have to address. James Madison was one of the few that yeah. kind of bucked that trend who he had on loan at the start of the season from Norwich. Played regularly, did very, very well, but you know, he's going back to his parent club in, in January, and that's one one less option. Mm-hmm. You also get the, f- the fact that there's a couple of players coming to the end, end of their yeah. contract and not going to be there. Like the Niall McGinn, it's going to be their, their last match. So, I mean, he is, he is thin on options as it, it closes down in Hamden for the, for the Cup final. So, what does he do then on Friday night against Celtic? Does he wrap these guys in cotton wool? Because, as I said, you know, he's got a light squad, he's got a small squad and he's missing a lot now, so what do you do? I, I, I think that has to be a temptation because, let's say, the horror show happens and Kenny McLean gets injured, who's been Aberdeen's best player since the turn of the year. Then you think, well, I'm now incredibly light in midfield, as you say, Ryan Jack, very doubtful for the cup final. So I think the temptation will definitely be there to put a patchwork side out, but that brings its own problems because... You put out a patchwork side against Celtic and they could take, they could destroy you. So that's the last thing you want to get out of a cup final. Yeah, he's got a big decision to make because I mean Celtic have, have been their bogey team over in recent seasons, certainly this season. You know, you don't want to be going into a cup final against them in a couple of weeks, having suffered another hiding at their hands. You know, does he flip it on, on its head and go the reverse of what was Kenny saying and say, look, you want to try and put one over in Celtic, be the first team to, to beat them and put some doubts into their mind before we play them at Hamden. 
go out, you know, with a full strength team as strong as, as he possibly can and try and get some doubt into the mind of the Celtic players. The other thing that's very not the pitch up at Aberdeen is yeah. terrible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely dreadful. Now that might count in Aberdeen's favour. You might you might just set up, you know, fill it with old heads and just see just turn that in, try and turn that into a war of attrition rather than and stop Celtic playing by all means or any means possible to try and get a result. You know, it's or does he does he look at the bigger picture and think, well, you know, I want to try and get some silverware and thing, but everything's the Scottish Cup field. You risk having your pla- your players even more mentally scarred if you if you take a beating. A great day for Aberdeen yesterday, a bad day for Halsey and Cathro. Another one. <laughs> Another one. I mean, it's the last. It was the last game in front of the main stand. The fans came out for a party. They were all happy in the sun, smiling before the game, selfies, everything. It was a, a real kind of party atmosphere. It fell flat after the first half. That's what dreadful. They did pick up for 15 minutes, but Aberdeen went on to win the game. Ian Cathro, the abuse he was getting from the fans, the abuse Craig Levine was getting, the abuse Sam Budge was getting. Horrible atmosphere towards the end. You know, you know, they, they did the customary thanks to the fans after the final home game of the season. It was hardly anybody there to see them, and anybody that was there was booing. I mean, where, where is Ian Cathro with Hearts just now? Is this now getting to the point where people are saying this is not working? It's, it's, a, it's a very difficult picture because you can't see how he can turn this round. He's consistently failed to deliver since coming in. The club have shown a lot of faith in him. Craig Levine has shown a lot of faith in him. But it comes to a stage where you eventually have to listen to public opinion. Public opinion is growing, as you say, is growing increasingly vociferous that the Hearts support aren't having this fella. And you can see why, because I don't think he expresses himself well. I think he's probably a terrific coach, but there's a big difference between a coach and a leader of men, and he doesn't do anything to me to suggest he's a leader of men. By all accounts, you know the abuse he's been getting in recent weeks has been absolutely terrible, but sometimes the Hearts fans, you know, what is actually going to make them happy? Now, you have to take your hat off the way they stood together mm-hmm. and rescued the club from, from the brink, ploughed millions in and saved it in the way it's been resurrected is, is first class. But... If you think back to before Cathro took over, I mean, Robbie Nielsen was in charge. They wanted him out. They were sitting second in the league. They'd just beaten Rangers just before the turn of the year. They're sitting in second place. But half the fans were up in arms because the style of football wasn't good enough. It wasn't a heart's way. They were giving him abuse. They were complaining every game. Now, things are ten times worse than what they were, yet they're still complaining. Sometimes you have to be careful what you wish for. And it's happened at Hearts before when it's when we talk about previous owners and previous chairmen that were desperate to see the back of them and look what happened. And it's a similar case here. We couldn't wait to get uh, Robbie Nielsen out the door. Ian Cathro was heralded as his second coming when, when when he took over. And look what's happened. You know, the, the club are going backwards at an alarming just, rate. Just failing this, this one, Kenny. Anne Budge has been very strong in her support, calling the criticism ludicrous of Ian Cathro. Do you see her budging, if you pardon the pun? Or do you think she'll stay behind him? Well, first of all, no, I don't pardon the pun. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, I, I think Anne Budge has shown a lot of resilience in since she's gone into Hearts, and I suspect she will, in the short term at least, show the same kind of support for the manager. But they go to Ibrox on Saturday, you know, another test for a young manager. Whatever Rangers' many failings and flaws at the moment... You know, you, it wouldn't surprise you if Hearts went there and lost heavily, because you know they seem incapable of. The only time I've the only time I've seen them playing well this season was when they beat uh, Hamilton. I think it was six 0 six one, six 0 They've been very up and down, inconsistency. Goncalves has come in and done reasonably well, but 
you wouldn't you wouldn't be surprised if it was another heavy defeat. But I do think Anne Budge, in the short term at least, will stick with Cathro. Yeah, Brown, I mean, she's 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 made more good calls and bad calls yeah, since she, yeah. she you know she, since she went into to Hearts. But the, the other thing about uh, Ian Cathro, the next load of games before the end of the season are all away from home because of the, the work getting done at Tyne Castle. Now it's going to be the same. I don't think they're going to have a home game until September next season because until the the, the new stadium's completely finished. I mean, that's a yeah, tough the, tough ask in itself. And yeah. the fact you get five or six away games, it could be sending you know. And the fixture computer could be unkind. They could go have to go to Celtic Park, Petodre in the first couple. Of, you know, you just don't know how it's going to pan out. So yeah, that's, that's a that's a terrific point, and it, it will increase the pressure on them if results don't fall. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Rounding off the top six, Celtic 4-1-1, winners over St. John's at the weekend. They've now got 97 points, Kenny, 96 goals. Mm-hmm. They, they clean, clean the board at the PFA Able. Scotland Awards. Is Able to bring in a couple of Wayans yeah. who, yeah. who apparently did terrifically well, Ralston and Johnston. I, I mean, there's three games left, three games to become invincibles. Are they going to do it? I see absolutely no reason why they should suddenly collapse now. I had to laugh. I heard Brendan Rodgers talking about whether there was some doubt as to whether they'd reach 100 goals. You know, I find that kind of bizarre. The the rate at which they've been scoring goals, I think they're probably going to manage to score four goals in the last three games. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I don't see any problem getting to the end of the season unbeaten. No Patrick problem Roberts, at all. Patrick Roberts scored twice. He's going to be sticking around for the Scottish Cup final. That's a boost for Celtic because it has been important. Yeah, I mean, since his turn of the year, he's been absolutely exceptional. He was one of the nominees for the Young Player of the Year and just pipped at the post by Kieran Tierney. But yeah, I think since since January, Patrick Roberts has just been first class. You know, he's just such a... You, know, you can tell he's playing with so much confidence every time he's on the pie. It must be an absolute nightmare. Any fullback must be a nightmare to, to, to come up against him. He's just got so many tricks. Another couple of goals at, at the weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's it was a big call. I mean, do you want to stay and be part of... History, possible invincibles and a treble winning team, it doesn't happen very often. The fact that he's turned down the chance to play ninth, you know, for his country and a World Cup finals, albeit an under-20 World Cup finals, just tells you how good a thing like Brendan Rodgers has got going at Celtic just now, that he desperately wants to be a part of it. In terms of the awards, Kenny, Brendan Rodgers Manager of the Year, Scott Sinclair Player of the Year, Kieran Tierney Young Player of the Year, Giovanni no nope. problems. They're the three that I voted for for our the Scottish Football Writers Association awards. I know there are uh, dissenting voices who feel that there should be other Celtic players in the reckoning for 
both player of the year and young player. I kind of went along with the, the player selection. I thought the, there were three good shouts from Celtic and Johnny Hayes from Aberdeen. But no, absolutely no. I thought Sinclair's been outstanding. I think Kieran Tierney's going to be left back for Scotland for 10 years. Colin? Yeah, just to parrot exactly what Kenny says, yeah, um, totally agree. I think, yeah, you know, Scott Sinclair got my nod uh, for the player of the year. I thought Kieran Tierney just shaded it from, from Moussa Dembele. For the young player, I thought that he just, even though he was out for a couple of months injury, he just come back as if nothing had happened. Just, just he absolutely strolled through the season. You know, we forget how young he is. You know, that he was young player of the year last year, backed it up again. You know, no second season syndrome for him. Totally agree with Kenny that he can, he can go on and be as good, play for any of the top clubs in Europe and be a Scotland regular for the next 10, 15 years. John McGinn gave a mention as well as the Championship mm-hmm. Player of the Year and, and Brendan was I mean, obvious for, 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 for the manager of the year, but I, I believe you don't agree with no, that. I, I do think, awards, I, I think no, it's, not that I don't, I, it's not that I've got any issue with the actual players getting the awards. I just think what do you have an issue I with? I think him? Mr Dembele is very unfortunate not to get anything. I think for a 20 year old. He was 19 when he signed to, to score a hat-trick against Rangers, score five in total against Rangers, five in the Champions League qualifiers in group stages and score 32 goals at the age of 20. With some going, so I think he's unfortunate. But a wee start for you, Kenny. The f- Kieran Tierney is the first player to win the Young Player of the Year award in back-to-back seasons since who? I'll give you five seconds. On you go, Colin. Craig Levine. Craig Levine. So there's your fun start for today. On to the relegation did you, did you, battle. You did say fun start. <laughs> <laughs> On to the relegation battle. A big weekend. Inverness beat Hamilton 2-1. Dundee beat Kilmarnock 1-0. Ross County beat Motherwell 1-0. Now, two results stick out for me. Inverness and Ross County. Where does it leave it all? Kenny, Motherwell, Hamilton. Motherwell currently in the playoff position. Both have 32 points. Is it between those two now? Yes, Yes, I would say so. I thought watching Inverness on TV, they were well worth their win. Should have been far more ahead at uh, a half time than the 2 0 that they were against Hamilton. And Danny Redmond's late goal kind of distorts the scoreline, but I, I thought Inverness looked good. But I still think they're four points behind Hamilton and Motherwell. They're running out of games. The Hamilton Motherwell game on Saturday has the makings of a decider about it. You know, there's no other way to look at it. And Hamilton home advantage plastic pitch against a Motherwell team who are simply incapable of keeping a clean sheet. Has that been the big problem? I mean, you, yeah. you see the goal again at the weekend and it's just, I don't know what Zach Jules is thinking when he tries to keep the ball in. It then leads to a kind of calamity of misplaced passes, Ross County take advantage. That has been the problem all season. I mean, Matt McGee at one point said, when he was still there, we are a team who can't stop conceding goals which yep. is a fundamental flaw. I've seen a lot of Motherwell this season and the defensive situation has never been right, whether it's been the goalkeeper. I know they changed the goalkeeper on Saturday and brought in Russell Griffiths on loan from Everton. He made a mistake for the goal after another mistake had created the opportunity. Motherwell's system, is they play so wide open that the defence is beleaguered the whole time. So, you know, it shouldn't really be any surprise that they've conceded the number of goals they have. And they will continue to concede goals until they get better defenders, better midfielders and a better system. Colin, do you feel there's more pressure on Motherwell than Hamilton as well? I almost get the feeling that Hamilton, if they did get relegated or go into a playoff, then they just take it in their stride because they're almost punching above their weight anyway. Is there more pressure on Motherwell 
with some of the players they've got, some of the experienced players they've got to stay in this division. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the case. I mean, Hamilton start off with kind of low expectations every single season. They just have to stay in the league. They're quite happy, you know. All the other teams around them seem to have ambitions again in the top six or that. Hamilton are just happy just to to plod along, and as long as they safeguard their, their Premiership status, then they're fine. They always seem got a habit of pulling out a result when you least expect it. You know, they always go on these di- dire runs. You think, you know, that's them. Um, going to drop out and they just pull out a couple of results out of the hat. Look at that Motherwell team and you look at the front three of Moult, McDonald and Cadden you wonder how they're in this position. Mm-hmm. The table doesn't lie. Motherwell, you know, there's teams in the top six have scored fewer goals at home than Motherwell. But there's no team in the, in the league that has lost more home games than Motherwell. Mm-hmm. It's, it doesn't take a genius to see where the problems mm-hmm. are. And they'll continue. The Hamilton Motherwell game at the weekend. It's a game at the weekend. Yeah, must be the biggest star for so many years. I mean, it's a plastic pitch. Motherwell don't particularly like going there. No, it's a local derby. And and there's no result that would surprise you. A draw would suit both teams. That wouldn't surprise you. It wouldn't surprise you if Hamilton won because they've beaten Aberdeen on the plastic pitch and they're a decent team, I think. And it wouldn't surprise you if Motherwell, for the reasons that Colin just outlined, because they've got Louis Moat, because they've got Scott McDonald, were to fashion a win. It's definitely the game of the weekend, without a doubt. Yeah. I worked for Dundee, they gambled, they rolled the dice, tried to get a reaction, put Neil McCann in, two games, two wins. Right decision? I mean, fair play, tats off to Neil McCann. I mean, you're looking for a response, and he's he certainly got one from the players. You know, they went on the back of seven straight defeats, and they went to Motherwell, scored three goals, one. Went to Rugby Park at the weekend, I and mean, I've watched Kilmarnock quite a bit in, in recent months, and they've been very good. They're well organised, well drilled under Lee McCulloch. They're a hard team to beat, and they go there and get a 1 0, you know, terrific 1 0 win. And by all accounts, it, it could have been more. Probably, probably, you know, those six points probably just gets them out of the, the danger zone and, and ensures that they'll be, they'll be playing top flight football next season. So, you know, it's, it was a bold move by Dundee to, to get rid of Paul Harley at this stage of the season probably an even bolder one to bring in somebody untried and untested like Neil McCann but whatever he's been doing in the training ground whatever he's been saying to the players it's it's certainly worked It was a surprise Kenny mm. he's taken it for five games in possible playoffs but he said he was going to kind of review things at the end of the season if they do stay up do you expect Neil McCann to permanently swap the studio for the dugout? I expect him to be offered the opportunity whether or not he will whether or not it will make financial sense to him to do that whether or not it will make career sense for him to do that because he's highly rated at Sky I think Gary Neville was the only one to leave Sky and go back but Neil McCann could go back if he chose to in the summer so he'll have a lot to weigh up but if he he keeps them up it's job done and uh, it's a fantastic notch on his CV We've spoke about the relegation from the Premiership promotion from the Championship the playoffs kick off this week Dundee United versus Morton I love the playoffs I think it's a great uh, I think it's been a brilliant addition to the Scottish game it's obviously weighted very heavily in the favour of the Premiership team have Dundee United or Morton get any chance of coming up first of all and who do you think will win out of that initial duel to go and make Falkirk this is the flaw with this system it's a good system but it could be better because by the time the Championship team get to the 11th place team they're exhausted. There's only one championship team has come up since this system has been in operation, Hamilton in 2014. So that is the flaw in the system. A fairer system would be for the second bottom team in the Premiership to play the fourth place team, as happens in England, and second against third. But 
no Premiership team is going to countenance that for obvious reasons. It wouldn't surprise me if the team from the Championship knocked out Hamilton or Motherwell. That wouldn't surprise me because they've had a season of losing games, whereas whether it's Falkirk, Morton or Dundee United, they've largely had a season of winning them. Okay, I'll put you on the spot with your predictions then. Which team is going to get to the final? I I think, um, I I don't think Dundee United are any great shakes. I think Morton have been very good this season, but I just feel like they're going to completely run out of steam because you know they've got a, a small squad and they've played a lot of games and been a lot involved in a lot of cup competitions as well. I think Falkirk will be the team that go through from the from the championship, and I would I would expect them to be playing in the, the, the Premiership playoff final. I yes, I totally agree. Falkirk got there last year, were beaten by Kilmarnock. I think Peter Rustin's a very good coach, and I think he'll get them to the playoffs. I agree with you, Kenny. I think you'll get them to the playoffs, and I think they'll win the playoffs. And I think Falkirk will be in the Premiership next year. So, with that bold prediction, we'll find. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thanks for today. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Pleasure.